Hi, saints. Welcome to another episode of Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, here to help you grow in faith and walk in God's amazing grace. Today's message is entitled, The Power of Grace, God's Unearned Favor. This is a special message because we are saved by grace, and it is God's grace that sustains us. So sit back, relax, take notes, invite family, and let's learn the power of God's grace. The power of grace. If you think you love Jesus now, saints, after you hear this message, you will love him even more. However, I ask that you listen to this message with an open mind to understand and with an open heart to receive it. I say this because some of you will hear some truths you may not have heard before. As a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, I made a promise to God after I was called into the ministry as an evangelist and a teacher over 20 years ago, that I will teach and preach the truth no matter what. I promised to rightly divide the scriptures. It is the truth that sets men free, saints. What I am going to share with you today should be taught and shared throughout the church of the Lord Jesus Christ on a regular basis. But unfortunately, it is not. In order for God's people to truly be set free, they must hear and receive the truth, which is in Christ, who is the word and grace of God. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, simply meaning freedom. Now, I chose this message for several reasons. And what I see on social media, including television programs regarding salvation and grace, a lot of Christians don't understand God's grace. False teachings was watered down and is being watered down when it comes to the meaning of God's grace. Let me tell you why I say this, because false teachers, make no mistake about it, work for the devil. They don't work for God. The very heart of salvation is grace. I don't care how many people or false teachers tell you that once you are saved, you can lose your salvation if you sin. And I'm here to tell you it was not true when Jesus died on the cross and it is not true today. Grace is God's gift for eternal salvation. Now, at one point, I believed that a Christian could never be lost. But after hearing one of my favorite pastors teach that once a Christian is saved, they can walk away from Christ. Now, there's a difference between walking away and being lost. They can give salvation back to God and walk away. I have changed my position concerning this matter. I researched his message and the scriptures he used to support this claim. This pastor is not only an excellent teacher and pastor, he is an exceptional one. So I had to ask myself, can he be missing the mark on this subject? 
Now I am going to answer this question at the end of this message, then share with you the scripture he uses to support his claim. I am a firm believer that the scriptures do not contradict one another. I have studied the scriptures over the years while being guided by the Holy Spirit and make no mistake about it. I trust the Holy Spirit. So if you hear me read a scripture and you saw another scripture that may appear to be contrary, trust me on this one. That scripture that you are seeing means something totally different from the word I'm sharing. And you can always email me for an explanation. Now, the answer to the question of whether a person can be saved, commit a sin, and then lose their salvation is no. Absolutely not. And anyone who teaches contrary to this is what Jesus calls a false teacher, and they don't understand God's grace. That is why it is important to rightly divide these scriptures. Now, now you may have heard some of these scriptures before, and some of them you may be hearing for the first time as it relates to salvation. Romans 10, 14 says, how can they hear without a preacher? So I'm about to preach and teach you the power of God's grace, my sisters and brothers. I often see and hear people say in their, in their ignorance, and they don't mean no harm. Sin is sin and don't water down the gospel by ignoring sin. Sin is never ignored. It is because of sin God sent his, whole, his only begotten son into this world to destroy sin, which is the works of the devil, and to save sinners. Now, one of my previous messages was entitled The Ministry of Reconciliation. If you want to learn more about the Ministry of Reconciliation, go to Anchor or Spotify and look for Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D and listen to that message and many more messages that you may be blessed by. Now, I will say this. We water down the gospel when we downplay God's grace. You see, the gospel is all about God's grace. God's unmerited, unearned favor. Unearned meaning you can't work for grace. So if we can't work to be saved and we all are sinners, why did God save us by grace? Because he loves us. That's why. We also need to understand why Jesus died on the cross. We cannot, no matter how much false teachers and phony Christians and religious folk try, we can't water down God's grace. Now let's go to our first scripture. It's in John chapter three. Oh, everyone should be familiar with this one. John three sixteen and verse 17. Now I will be using several versions of the Bible throughout this, this entire message. But this verse, I will be reading from the King James version, the traditional King James version for God. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, that him is Jesus should not perish, but have everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God gave his only begotten son. Jesus is God's gift, his grace to the world. 
Okay. Now this is the most important and most powerful scripture in the entire Bible. I want you to pay attention to what this scripture does not say. It doesn't say unless you commit sin. It says they shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now I will take it a step further. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 28 through 30, and this is the new King James version. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who gave them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Now, Jesus and his father, God, are on the same page. Okay. Your religious folks or some of you religious folks don't have the power to remove God's grace from anyone. I want to make that clear. God doesn't have perfect children. If Mr. and Mrs. Jones have a son or daughter that happens to get in trouble in school that leads to their expulsion, that child still belongs to Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Once you become a child of God through the adoption agency of Jesus Christ, and you happen to fall into, into or because of sin, you are still God's child. That's called being saved by grace. God doesn't go back on his promises, y'all. He doesn't go back on his promise of saving us by grace. Just because we may fall or stumble doesn't mean we're going to hell. We, ha we are promised eternal life. Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Notice that this scripture doesn't say unless he sins again. We will get to the sinning verse, uh, verses uh, of grace um, soon. Okay. But I want to lead you there. Now, the most dangerous issue in the body of Christ today is the saints are not being taught. They are not being equipped. They are being entertained. They are being fooled and fed lies. And the saints are accepting these lies because they sound good to them and they don't know the word of God. They don't have nothing to compare it to because they don't know the word of God. The only way you can enter into God's grace is recorded in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 11. Now I'm going to read that and I'm, I'm right now I'm standing in the New King James Version. It says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him will not be put to shame. It doesn't say unless you sin. These are scriptures that are talking about salvation through grace. Okay, saints. Romans 8 and 1 and 2 says this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And that law in this verse is referring to the law of love. Okay. Those who are in Christ are no longer under the judgment of not knowing God. They will never be condemned because Christ redeemed them from the curse of the law. 
The law condemns, the law judges, but grace forgives and grace saves. Okay. Now let me share some information you don't know about. In the original Greek, the verse who do not walk according to the flesh, but after the spirit is not there. For whatever reason, the translators put it there. Now, I don't know why. And for you to get a full understanding of the scriptures, you need to learn the original Hebrew and Greek uh, in scriptures. Now, the Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek. It is a dangerous thing to try and change scriptures to fit your thinking instead of accepting the scriptures in its original form. Now, when the Bible says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, that's where it has to stop. Those who are in Christ are not condemned or under the judgment in the sight of God. And that's all that matters. Okay. We can't change that. We should never condone sin, but we should never condemn a sinner. We should share the gospel, the good news with the sinner. Now, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We are free from the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? The law of sin and death is not believing in Christ, the anointed one, Jesus. That is the only sin that can and will send folks to hell. That is not accepting God's grace, his son. Jesus said in, in John three eighteen, he that believes in him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already. It is our job to put away the sins in our flesh. Jesus took care of the sin that leads us to hell, which is the sin of being spiritually separated from God. But we are responsible for walking in our new nature by renewing our minds. Remember, as a man thinketh, so is he. We are given a sinful nature by Adam and given a new nature by Christ under grace. Okay, Romans chapter four, verse eight. And this is the NIV says, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count or either impute against them. That's powerful. Ooh, that is powerful, saints. God will never count your sins against you after you come to and accept Christ. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He doesn't flip flop. Now, I am talking about the power of grace here. Why it is so important that we believe in the Lord Jesus, not only for the forgiveness of sins, but for eternal life. These scriptures I am sharing are for those who believe in Christ Jesus. Those who do not, as Jesus said in John three eighteen, he that believe it not is condemned already. Now, let's look at Ephesians 2 and 8. Uh, let's say verses eight and nine, Ephesians chapter two. This is the NIV, New International Version. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Now, this is where we really need to pay attention. We are not saved by what we do or what we don't do. We are saved by God's unearned and unmerited favor, which is his grace. Here is the key. For you to receive a gift, 
and use it. We have to first accept it. You don't pay for gifts. If you have to pay or work for a gift, it's not free. Therefore, it's not a gift. However, the gift is not ours until we accept it or pick it up. We have to take possession of the gift for us to own it. Now, Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us how to accept the gift God has for us. That if we confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's what makes it personal, saints, that if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we can't add to this, my sisters and brothers. We, we can't add to this gift. This is God's method and man can't change it. You can create 40,000 religions tomorrow and say this is how you can have a relationship with God. It ain't going to happen, Captain. It's not going to happen. You are saved by grace through faith and that faith is only in Christ Jesus. Okay. This scripture does not say if we put away sin, then we will be saved. We are not saved by our works. If you put away your sin, that requires work. Look, we have to work on our sinful nature after salvation. Okay. We don't have to do anything to be saved except accept the gift. Okay. We are not saved by our works. And I can't say this enough or following laws or requirements or ordinances or man's traditions. We are saved by grace. Now we are going to talk about if a Christian sins, what happens? Shall we continue to sin because we are under grace? Huh. Let's look at Romans chapter six, verses 15 through 18. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. What then shall we sin because we are under grace? Certainly not. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to to obey? You are that one slave whom you obey whether of sin leading to death, which is rejecting Christ or obedience leading to righteousness, which is accepting Christ. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Now, Paul says, if your main focus is on your sins, that's who you are enslaved to. The sin that leads to death is rejecting Christ. Make no mistake about that. Or obedience that leads to righteousness, that's accepting Christ. Paul is saying, if you belong to Christ, you have a new nature and you don't focus on, on living in sin. You focus on the things of God. Now, Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, this scripture is saying the consequences for not accepting Christ is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. If you want to be, it, 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 let's, let's say this. If you want to bypass death, all you have to do is accept God's grace. It is as simple as that, saints. His grace is Jesus. Now, the words sin, sins, transgressions and iniquity are causing people to misunderstand God's grace. Now, when you see the word sin, which is singular, that's the reason Christ died on the cross to reconcile the spiritually dead. You and I 
to God. Just, just look, Jesus took care of that one sin for us. You being spiritually dead and cut off from God. When Christ died on the cross, the veil that separated us from God was split in two, just right down the middle. And those who are in Christ are no longer spiritually dead. We now have free access to God. We can go boldly to the throne of grace. We don't need anyone to go on our behalf. Jesus took care of that sin for us. That's the grace of God. That's the power of grace. Now, only a fool would continue sinning after what Christ did on the cross, which brings us to the words sins. Now, the word sins, plural, we Christians are solely responsible for controlling our sinful nature, which lives in our minds. Our minds is associated with our soul. Our spirit is in our heart. That is why we have to renew our minds with the word of God. The lust of the flesh. Okay. That's why Paul says, if you walk in the spirit, your recreated spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's your spirit, man, that is given eternal life, not your flesh. That's why Jesus said flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You must be born again. Now, what a sinning Christian can and will do if they don't take uh, take control of their flesh is cut their earthly lives short. Yes, you can die before your time. I don't care what nobody tells you. Oh, so and so, oh, they died. It was their time. No, it wasn't. It's not nobody time to die at the age of 30, at the age of 40, 50, 60. Okay, Ecclesiastes 7 and 17, the NIV says, do not be over wicked and do not be, be a fool. Why die before your time? Now, if you could, couldn't die before your time, why would it say it in the Bible that you can? This is clear. It's in your Bible. Now, everyone has an appointed time to die, but you can't, uh, you can, you can actually cut into your long life in Christ, but not doing away with your fleshly sins. The Bible says all the days of man is 70 years. Yet we have people dying before seeing the age 18. Why? Because they are choosing to live in a, a, a sinful lifestyle. That's why the wages of sin is still death. That's in your Bible. Okay. We as Christians must put off our sinful nature and focus on the things of God. Now, if you choose to go rob a bank and you get shot and killed in the process or go to jail, you chose to remove yourself from God's protection. Make no mistake about it. You will suffer the consequences for your actions. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Your soul if you are a Christian, shall be saved. Okay. Now I'm talking about those who are under the power of grace, who make a mistake here, here and there, but you better keep your sinful nature in check. You can mess around and cut your life short. Yes, you can. So grace doesn't protect us while we are out there participating in, in open sins. Mm -mm, that's not what grace is for. Grace ensures our salvation, our eternity with God once our earthly life ends. Now, I know I lost some of you, you judgmental religious folk with that one. I lost you because you don't understand God's grace. Now, let's look at what happens to a, a Christian. I'm talking about someone who, who genuinely received Christ into their hearts, 
What happens to them if they keep sinning? Now let's look at what Paul told the Corinthian church. Um, you can go to chapter five, first Corinthians chapter five. Now, before I read the scripture, I want to share this with you. Um, the Corinthian church were, um, a Gentile church that had converted over to Christianity, but they were still participating in some of their pagan ways. Uh, their pig, they used to worship pagan gods and were involved in pagan rituals. So Paul found out that one of the members of the church was sleeping with his father's wife. And this is what Paul told the Corinthian church about him. This, this Christian um, individual, Christian male who was sleeping with his father's wife in verse five, first Corinthians chapter five, verse five. And I'm reading from the new King James version, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now you can't change this scripture. This is in your Bible. Paul is talking about the man in the Corinthian church who was sleeping with his father's wife. Paul said, put them, you know, look, look, put him out the church. Don't even pray for him. Turn him over to Satan for the, for the destruction of his flesh. Oh, trust me, Satan will take you. Cause remember the wages of sin is still death. That his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, Paul wasn't talking about FedExing or UPS, UPSing a sinning Christian to Satan. That's not what Paul was saying. What Paul was saying is put him out of the fellowship. If he chooses to hang out with Satan, let him. But he or she will cut their lives short. That's what Paul is talking about. So I want to ask you, is God's grace too powerful for some of y'all? Well, let me say this. You better be glad God chose to share his grace with us. Because all have sinned and come short of, of the glory of God. And guess what? Anything that is not of faith is sin. So there is no big sin or little sin. It's all the same. The only sin that God will never forgive in this life or the life to come is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And that is associated with accepting Christ. That's a whole nother teaching though. So that means you were a sinner that was saved by grace. You and I both know that we don't have faith in everything we do. So we know we're going to commit an unintentional sin. Now, we should never rejoice when we see a brother or a sister in Christ living in open sins. Paul says to deliver such a one to Satan. Don't hang with him or her. Turn your back on him. That's right. Turn your back on him. But if we fall or stumble, saints, we are still saved and have eternal life. Remember, Jesus said we shall never perish. The Corinthian church was full of new Christians, but they were struggling to let go of their pagan behaviors, their old sin nature. After they had accepted Jesus, they were still hanging out with old pagan worshipers. So Paul wrote them several letters. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Corinthian church actually had four letters, but the Bible only records two. First and second Corinthians there. We don't know what happened to three and four. As a matter of fact, we don't know what happened to two and, and uh, three because one and four is recorded in the Bible. Yeah, I know some of y'all didn't know that, but I just I just thought I'd share. But um, the Corinthian church were still hanging on to some of their pagan rituals. 
you know, they were still involved in um, sharing and wife swapping, husband swapping. And, and that was associated with their pagan worship. Okay. Now that was a whole nother teaching, but anyway, we are talking about the power of, of grace. I tell you now their behavior was getting so bad. Paul said in second Corinthians um, 13 and five, that they needed to examine themselves to see if they were in the faith, you know, meaning in Christ. You know, they were doing some horrible things in the Corinthian church. Now, a man that was sleeping with his father's wife was considered to be unheard of as a believer and as well as it should be today. We shouldn't have any of that going on um, in, in a church where God's children gather for worship. We shouldn't, but it does. Now, here, here is a, a fact, okay? No one who comes in contact with Jesus will stay the same. That's a fact. That's just truth. If you are in Christ and he is in you, people should see a change in you. Not only that, you will be changed and you will not practice sin. Okay. There's a difference between practicing sin and stumbling or falling every now and again. Now, a person who practices sin is not of God. And that's in your Bible. Let's go to first John uh, chapter three, verse nine. Uh, I'm re reading from the e ESV English standard version. It says this, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed, meaning Jesus abides in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Now, if you are practicing sin with no remorse, you are not born again. No, you didn't receive the gift in your heart. That's it's impossible. That's why Paul questioned the faith of the Corinthian church. Christians like the Corinthian church have to learn how to walk in grace, God's freedom, break the chains that binds you. Whatever enslaves you is your master. Now, if a Christian stumble or fall, meaning sin, you know, every now, now and, and again, we have an advocate with the father. You know, first John two, one and two and verse 13 says this. I'm reading from the New King James Version. This is one and two. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if you do sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours alone, but also the whole world. Now, first John two thirteen says this, I write to you, little children. He's talking to Christians because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Now, Jesus is not a liar. If God says we are saved by grace, we are saved by grace, no matter what. Okay. Now, Jesus knows it's rough out here because of our flesh. That's why in first Corinthians 10, 13, we learn that everyone is tempted, not just you. God sends help with, with sin when sin comes because each time we are tempted, tried or tested by the devil, God provides a way out so we can endure or escape the temptation. Now the Holy Spirit will help and assist us while we're here on earth in our earthly bodies. In Romans 7, 18 to 21, Paul says, nothing good dwells in our flesh. 
but we have to control our flesh. Now, every Christian will fall or stumble. Make no mistake about that. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Okay. Now, I will say this again. You know, you don't have faith in everything you do. So you will sin, whether it is unintentional or intentional. John says, if we do sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ. So you better thank God for Jesus, who is God's grace. When we stumble, God looks at what Jesus did on the cross. That's the power of grace. God sees what Jesus did on the cross. He doesn't see us. We need to understand, stand this um, so we can be loosed from the bondage of fear because you may stumble. Honey, we shouldn't be living in fear. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and of a sound mind. We have an advocate with the father when we stumble. The mere, the mere fact that God had to send uh, his son to save us tells us we couldn't. We, it's nothing we can do. It's nothing we can do to please. We're not perfect. We are not perfect saints. The only thing we can do to please God is, is accept his son. Now don't, and, and, and here's the thing. I don't want you going around saying, well, Dr. Kamala D is telling us it's okay to sin <laughs> because I never said that. Now, as a minister of the gospel, I encourage every Christian to live holy as Christ was holy and to walk in the law of love. Now, if you think this message is, is encouraging you to sin, you need Jesus. That's who you need because that's not what this message is about. However, what I am saying is this. You are saved by grace, not by what you didn't do last night. Grace is not about you. So let's get that arrogance out of you. Grace is not about you. It's about Jesus. Now, when the Bible talks about um, God, God looks at your heart. It is talking about the seal of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says in Romans that the love of God is shared abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Your heart is nothing without Jesus in it. Okay. And I need to say that again. Your heart is nothing empty without Jesus. Now, if you truly accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and you and, and, and you commit sins, your heart will be convicted by the Holy Spirit and you will be remorseful. Those who practice sinning without any conviction at all don't belong to God. There is no conviction in sinner's heart because the seed of God is not there. Now, what shall we do if a brother or sister is, is overtaken in a fault or in sin or a trespass? So go to Galatians 6, um, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. New King James Version says this. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, the law of Christ is love, okay? If we walk in love, we won't have any moral issues, okay? The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. Now, if a brother or sister is overtaken by his sins, you who are spiritual, not those who are judgmental, should restore that person in a spirit of kindness, meekness, and gentleness. We should be there for one another. Make no mistake about that. Not beat one another down with words of condemnation. That's not what we are supposed to be doing. Because we too can fall. However, don't get caught up in the person's sin 
whom we are restoring. Talk to them about God's grace. Remind them that their sin is forgiven. Point them to the fruit of the spirit. Fulfill the law of Christ by showing love to your sisters and brothers. Okay, saints. Remember, once we accept Christ, we are sealed, marked until the day of redemption. That's in Ephesians 430 and will never perish. John 639. Jesus says all that the father has given me. I shall lose nothing, but shall raise it up on the last day. A man may put you out of the church, but they can't put you out of Christ. Hallelujah. Once you are saved, you are saved. If you sin, you have an advocate with the father. His name is Jesus. Sin is what has and will always separate us from God. But we are saved by grace and are given the ministry of reconciliation. And are given the ministry of reconciliation through Christ. And God is not counting our sins against us. That is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. Now, grace is not a license to sin, saints, but a license to do good towards others. If you are in this world living loose as a goose, the question is, are you saved? And if you are, you have to learn how to live holy, which is walking in the fruit of the spirit with your renewed nature. That is what Paul was trying to explain to the Corinthian church. He was saying, look, I have to challenge your faith because some of the things you are doing is incomprehensible. It's unheard of. And if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, we should see a change with your sinful nature. You should no longer be living and practicing sin. That is what Paul was telling the Corinthian church. So I want to say to you today, don't cheat yourself out of a long, prosperous life. Jesus Christ died for you to have. Now that, my friends, is the power of grace. Now stay tuned for a special message and my closing remarks. As Christians... The Apostle Paul, Barnabas, and Peter all agreed that we should abstain from these four things, but not for our salvation. Because remember, we are saved by grace through faith and not of works. It is the gift of God. It is so that we can do well. Now let's go to Acts chapter 15 verses 19 and 20. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled and from blood. The New Living Translation says from consuming blood. Now in closing, I want to invite those who have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of their sins and for salvation to accept him today because tomorrow is not promised to you saints no matter where you are in your sins God will accept you right now stop what you are doing get on your knees look up to heaven close your eyes and repeat after me Abba Father I am a sinner your word says in Romans 10 verses 9 through 10 that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Father, I believe that your son Jesus died for my sins and I believe that he has risen 
and is seated right now at your right hand. Now, my friends, if you said that simple prayer, you are saved by grace. You have been adopted into the family of the living God, and no man can take that from you. I want to encourage you to get into a faith-based teaching church. Continue to follow Back to Basics Sharing the Gospel Ministries, which is my Facebook page. And continue to listen to Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. so that I can help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, I want to address the issue I mentioned at the beginning of this message. Can a saved individual walk away from Christ? The scripture I heard a pastor use to back up his message is found in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. I will be reading from the New Living Translation, beginning at verse 3. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understand. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit. Now, these are people who were once saved, who had accepted Christ, saints who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the son of God. They themselves are nailing him, meaning Jesus, to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. Now, the answer to whether you can walk away from Jesus after accepting him is yes. This is in your Bible. Man can't take you away from Jesus, but you can walk away from him. I want to encourage you today to stay the course. It is well worth the wait. The end result is eternal life. Eternal life is only found in Jesus. And the Bible says that those that endure to the end shall be saved. Now in John chapter 6, verses 67 and 68, Peter tells us this imp- the importance of staying with Jesus. Let's go there. New Living Translation. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. I have one question for you, saints. Do you know Jesus? Hmm. Now enjoy life. Laugh, love, forgive, and treat everyone with compassion, dignity, and respect. See you next time. Now I know you were blessed by this message. The power of grace, God's unmerited favor. If you have any questions or comments about this message or any past interludes, please send your comments, questions, or prayer requests to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you feel this podcast has been beneficial to you, please send your financial support to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, home pages and contribute an amount of your choice. Now until next time, saints, 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D., rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. See you next time.